0: Live from Southern California,
1: this is the Jim Rome Show.
2: And I'm just going to take this opportunity to Gronk spike the ball right off the top because this gambling game is hard, dog. It is. is hard, dog. And 5 0, and oh, I know, can be 1 and 4 a week around the corner. But for right now, it is sweet. Yo, it is sweet. It feels so good. It feels glorious. Or in other words, what I'm feeling in this very moment is the complete and total opposite feeling from what the Cowboys and Cowboy fan are feeling in this very moment. How about them Cowboys? Cowboys? No, I mean seriously. How about them Cowboys? What the hell happened to those scrubs? It's almost like Kyle Jr. Lobster Shanahan is the actual owner of the Cowboys franchise instead of that wacky old man who once again was nowhere to be found after that utter humiliation in prime time. I'm sure he'll make it to the airwaves soon enough and come up with some nonsense as to what happened, but nowhere to be found last night. I mean, come on, Jarrah. Where was your impromptu presser? When we had to have it. Where was your spontaneous media gaggle to explain what happened in your big measuring stick game? If that was a measuring stick, Jera, then you just got kicked in your old man stick, Jera, Because if the Niners are the measuring stick, you sure as hell don't measure up. At all. Because alleged contenders... Do not get their asses curb stomped the way you did in a game that you all admitted you had to have. We heard it all week long. One thing to lose to the Niners, that's not surprising at all. They own you. That happens all the time. But to get hammered and completely outclassed and humiliated like that with your peers and the entire nation watching is something totally different. I mean, I'll be real. I knew you would lose. That's why we laid the points. We knew you'd lose, but I really did not see that type of a mug job coming. Which is why I was pretty shocked to hear what I heard from my dude, Micah Parsons, after that disaster. Now, you know this is a big Micah house. You know how big of a Micah house this is? I love the guy, even though he called me a sissy On my very own show to my face.
3: This is the spicy challenge, not the sissy challenge.
2: He said that to me. And I still love the guy. What's not to love about the guy, man? He's incredible. He's incredible. However, what I don't love is what I heard from him after that game. Because if anything, the real sissy challenge was last night and the Cowboys failed miserably which is why I couldn't believe it when Micah tried to sell us on some nonsense about how there really isn't a huge difference in caliber between the Cowboys and them Niners.
3: I don't think they really are higher level than us. Um, I think we're the same caliber playoff team, um, if not the same talent standard as them. Um, I just feel like we need to really reconsider some things, get together, and uh, fix it, fix some things, I feel like. It was a few plays away. The score don't really uh, shape what really happened out there.
2: Come on, my man. Come Come on. on. Come on with that, my dude. Do not make me go all McEnroe on you, my guy. You cannot be serious with that. I mean, I hate to do this to my guy because I love Micah, but I don't really have a choice. That might be the worst take I've heard. Since Wells tried to tell us that Shohei was overrated, Micah, my man, I think I have to drop an LT hammer on that horrendous tank. That's not a good
3: call. No You don't like
2: listen to comes. what you're saying. Like do you hear That's yourself? The score didn't really shape what happened out there.:
3: It was a few plays away the score do not really uh, shape what really happened out there. What? You mean
2: because it felt like it was way more of a blowout than 32 points? If that's what you mean, then I totally agree. The score doesn't really tell the story. Because the game was so much more of a bloodletting than the final score would indicate. Y'all could not have been any more dominated, bullied, outcoached, and outclassed than you were. Dude, despite what you think or want to talk yourself into, that one is going to leave a scar. We talked all week long about how badly Dallas needed that game, about how they needed it so much worse than the Niners. Then you go out and you get cold-cocked. Yet you'll have us believe that that's not what actually happened. My dude, it was literally the single worst loss by the Cowboys to the Niners in the history of that famed rivalry. And it still didn't tell the entire story. It was the worst Cowboy loss to the Niners ever, and it still felt so much worse than only 32 points. So saying the Cowboys are the same caliber playoff team as the Niners would be like saying that big Mike McCarthy is in the same caliber as head coach as Kyle Shanahan, which we know is the biggest lie of all. After all, Lobster JR turned the big fella inside out yet again. Let me bottom line this for you, for anybody who's still having a hard time figuring this out. The Cowboys are not Super Bowl caliber. Certainly not today. Nor are they elite. Certainly not today. They're not the Niners. They're not the Eagles. They're not even the Lions. Do whatever you have to do to get beyond that ass beating that you took last night. Micah, Jarrah, big fella. Just don't tell me that I didn't see an ass beating last night when I know I did. I know an ass beating when I see one, and that's exactly what that was. Which brings me to this guy the guy that you clones have glossed. Whack.
0: That's
2: whack. Whack Prescott. I don't really care much for that gloss myself. Whack. But unfortunately, that's that's exactly who and what he was last night. Whack. Whack Prescott. Even Whack has to admit that Whack was whack last night. Meanwhile, flip side Big Clock Brock and J.R. Lobster and the rest of the Niners doing what they always do. Win. 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 I'll tell you about Brock, win. man. This guy's something else. He remains undefeated in games where he didn't shred his UCL. The rest of the team around him is looking better and better every single week. So Micah, my man, sorry, but you're going to have to just look up at that scoreboard and accept what it says and be thankful that it wasn't even worse than that. Normally you would think that it couldn't get much worse. Segway, Segway. Cowboy fan, I'll be talking to you. If you call. And you should and own it. But Segway, normally it really couldn't get much worse than that Cowboy debacle last week. But somehow there's a dumpster fire burning even hotter and even brighter in New England right now. And I would say that Bill Belichick just hit rock bottom, but I'm not sure he has. I really am not sure that he has, half fam, because I don't think we've found the bottom yet. All I know is the Hoodman is officially in a free fall. Hoodman's stock is crashing. Pretty soon that dude is going to be worth even less than those stupid, bored ape NFTs. Remember when I told you that this dude's ass was going to end up on the hot seat by the end of this season? How wrong I was. It's on the hot seat by the end of week five. Go ahead, try and tell me that the hood man's ass is not on fire right now. Listen, maybe it's true that Bob Kraft has so much loyalty towards the hood that he would never bleep can the hood man. Maybe so. His team, he can do whatever he wants. But you can bet your ass that he's thinking about it right now. Because if what he says is true and he's all about the postseason, they ain't sniffing that. Not this year and not anytime soon. So would he fire him or not? Should he fire him or not? These are two different questions. Whether or not he actually would, and I think for the record, he might. Either way, you can bet your ass he's thinking about what his options are and whether he might do it. This dude seriously just lost 34 to nothing at home to the Saints. And it's not just 34 to nothing at home to the Saints, it's 34 zip the week after the biggest loss of his career. So he just followed up his biggest loss with his second biggest loss. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky, shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper. or What's your beef? Except I'm going to say this one's worse. Way worse. Because they just got humiliated last week. They knew what was at stake this week, and they came out with absolutely nothing and got humiliated all over again. You know, the master of the adjustment made none. Now, I'm not going to flat out say that Bill Belichick has lost the Patriots, but I will say that this is exactly what it looks like when a coach loses a team, unless you want to argue to me that it's not that he lost them, it's just that he doesn't have a team. All right. If he doesn't have a team, whose fault is that? He picked all these guys. It's his team. Hey, Mumbler, why don't you step to the podium and explain exactly what's going on here?
1: Planning simply, we got to find a way to you know play and coach better than that. So, what's what we're going to do? Start all over and uh, get back on a better track than we're on right now. Bill, you said you guys need to start over. Um, ha- have, have you ever had to do that before, five games in the season, just for reference? I mean, is is it something new? Yeah, I've done it before. What, what does that entail, starting over? Starting over.
2: Thanks, Hood. Nice ownership. Nice account- accountability. Start over. You're going to start over. That's the plan. Start over. What does that entail? Starting over? Starting over. Great answer. I got a question. Start over with what? Unless you can somehow swap in a brand new roster this week, I have no idea what you think is going to happen. Because the team that you built with the players you picked, the team that you built with the players that you yourself picked sucks. So you can try to, quote, start over with these same dudes But these dudes clearly are not good enough. And neither is your coaching right now, Hood. Alleged GOAT. The GOAT man has been outscored 72-3 to in the last two games. The only game the Pats have won this year was against the Coog Hunter. And the last two weeks have not even been competitive. I mean, obviously, if the Hood man were not the Hood man, I'd be wondering if his ass was about to get capped right now. Or if it wouldn't have been already. You know, like today. That's how horrible they've been. In all three phases all year long. The Pats, half fam, can't do anything right. They're not competitive. Bad news, half fam. This is exactly who they are too. Just another team. Once a team that everybody feared and respected. And now a team that is everybody's get-right game. Once a team that you never wanted to play, and now a team that you cannot wait to play and slap. And who's that on? The Hood, his team, his players. He has total autonomy and power. He's the one that created this dumpster fire. And frankly, I don't see how he puts it out. And I can see it getting even worse before it gets better. So if Kraft keeps him around long enough to beat Shua's record, that is just a golden parachute, right? Given that loyalty. Question is, given how badly they're playing, how many years is that going to take? And if Kraft is a ruthless business person, he'll run Belichick's ass. Because, well... Run
0: his ass down.
2: Belichick is famous for saying, do your job, and he's not doing his. But one more thought, though, before I break. This notion of starting over. Start all over. Start all over. Bill does know that the NFL does not have a transfer portal, right? He can't go Deion Sanders and change out the entire roster, right? Let me just say, Bill, I know the feeling. Terrible starts is not a foreign thing, even to this show. On the rare occasion that the show gets off to a bad start... I get off on the wrong foot. Alvin hits some wrong buttons. We just start over because we can. A fresh start, literally. Stop the show in its tracks before it gets any worse. So we'll just hit the bell again. Start Iggy again. Bring back the big voice guy again. Live from Southern California. This simple is as the that. Jim
0: Rome Show on CBS. Sports
2: Wipe Radio. the slate clean. It's as if that bad start never even happened. Now, of course, it does drive station PDs crazy. Sorry about that, folks. Not really sorry at all. But is this what Bill wants to do? I mean, believe me, I'm sure the commissioner would not mind starting the entire season all over again. Pull all the other NFL owners. Pull them. I'm sure a handful of them would agree. Let's do it. I'm sure Peyton or Sean Payton. Perform. I'm sure Sean Payton would love a do-over. And I'm sure in another week, Jerry will back you up too. Oh, hey, Jarrah. Hey, Jera, one more thing. So always one more thing, right? One more thing. Sweet inside intel that you got from Trey Lance against his former team. That seemed pretty valuable. It's almost like your defense was in the Niners' huddle on every single play. Way to lay out the winning blueprint for the rest of the league. I mean, I can only imagine how bad that score would have been if you didn't have that incredible intel from Trey Lance. Jerry felt like Ethan Hunt stealing the knock list when he signed Trey Lance. You know, like old man Jarrah suspended from a rope deep inside Niner headquarters hoping that bead of sweat doesn't trigger that alarm, hoping to get yanked back up through the hole in the ceiling before it was too late. Not only did he outsmart the Niners, but the entire league. Yeah, not so much, Jay. Good luck signing Sam Darnold next season. What, did Trey post up in front of a whiteboard and tell the defense, hey, yeah, don't worry about Kittle. Brock has no interest in getting him the ball. And the receivers, listen, listen up, listen up. I know I was there. All right? I was there. The receivers, once they get the ball, they go right to the ground. There's never any worries about YAC with those cats. Oh, hey, hey. Hey, Dak. Hey, Dak. Make sure you go right at Fred Warner. He sucks. Attack Fred Warner. Oh, by the way, Fred stats, eight tackles, a sack, INT, and a forced fumble, and this dude was a monster. Great job with the Trey Lance intel, Jera. Shocked that didn't work out. 1-800-636-8686. Start all over. Start all over. Like I said, there is no transfer portal. You can't just get rid of the whole roster and bring in a new one. Got some good reaction here. Let's see. I'm going to start with Abigail. Funny how every coach under the hood have turned out to be crap. And without Tom, the hood is the biggest pile of crap. Guess we know where all those rings came from. Bacon 45, yo. Kind of hard to argue against that, right? What's their record since Bake left? 22 and 29, I think. All that's true except Bacon 45 is Bacon 46. This one says, hey, Bill, thank you for admitting that you have to start over. I hope that firing the GM and the coach is your first step. Would it not be awesome if Kraft rolled into Belichick's office and pulled a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Kraft starts off I'm from Mitch and Murray. I'm from downtown. I'm on a mission of mercy. David Appleton, I'll stand by this. It's not my favorite movie ever, but that is my favorite scene from a movie ever. And it always will be, I think. Alec Baldwin, and legend has it, he did it in a single take, which would be even more amazing. Dial that up. We haven't talked about that in a couple years. Dial it up. The guy looks like an absolute million, and the scene is insane. It's incredible. It's my favorite scene from a movie ever, except for those scenes that I starred in in my various movies. The leads, the leads are weak. You're weak. What's your name? Mark in Hollywood's in. He changes up. Eagles 5-0. Philly's up 1-0. Grease the polls. Eagles are 5-0. I don't think they look as dominant as they have been. Plenty of time, though, to get right. And 5-0 is 5-0. I don't want to nitpick. 5-0 is 5-0. And they did get a nice win on the road against the Rams, who were better than we thought. At Dr. Dre no cow, Jim. Thank you to the Niners for destroying the Cowboys so we can skate on a Monday. Signed, Bills Mafia, Broncos Country, and that overrated, garbage 0-6 AL East, especially the Orioles. All right, first of all, we will get to the Bills. We will get to the Broncos. And although I had higher expectations for the O's, you could argue, I guess, that they were ahead of schedule, young team. But I will get to all of that. And finally this, Rome, took the head's advice on all five picks. Let me stop you right there. He and I were on the same page on all five picks. I want a piece of credit here. Give me some bleeping credit. All right? Rome, took the head's advice on all five picks this past weekend. Threw it into a five-leg, $10 parlay with plus 23.63 odds. A cool 246 later, and I'm here to say anybody who wants to fade you two are fools. in Chicago Juan Wisconsin. I can't guarantee it every single week. Okay, here's this. I can't guarantee 5-0 and o every single week, but you know what I can guarantee? Some of you PUDs will hate on us every single week. I know that. So yeah, I'm going to sit up here and enjoy it. 5-0 and oh, feels pretty damn good. Really damn good. All right, still ahead, I got Frank Schwab. He's into the game, the betting game. So we'll get his thoughts on tonight's matchup, and we'll whip around the NFL with him too. The big head, James Kelly and I, top of our number two, to talk about tonight's game. Not the sexiest matchup, but, hey, anything that'll get you paid is sexy. Packers, Raiders, how are we going to play it? It is Superstar Battery Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Get up to a $25 gift card after rebate with the purchase of select Superstar Batteries. The best replacement batteries for cars, trucks, SUVs, motorcycles, lawn and garden, marine and more. The professional parts people will test your old battery for free. And if it does need to be replaced, they will help you find the right battery for your vehicle and your budget. For power performance and reliability, choose Superstar Batteries exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. You're listening. Let me talk to you for a moment about one of my favorite products ever, Hello Fresh. What is Hello Fresh? What it is is farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store. You can count on Hello Fresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number 1 meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part, and you get to take credit. And when it comes to options, honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. I love it. Comes right to the doorstep, all these tremendous ideas and great meals. Find out for yourself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 Rome. Use the code 50 Rome for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50 Rome. Make sure to use the code 50 Rome and get 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh.com slash 50 Rome. We are joined by Frank Schwab. Frank, it is great to have you back. How you doing, Frank?
0: Doing good. I always love that University of Wisconsin shout out. I, I do appreciate
2: that. And dude, listen, I do. Listen, I get it. Since our son graduated from there, I understand the Badger Mafia. It's a special place. You will always get that shout out from me. All right. So why don't we start, Frank, with the curb stomping in the Bay Area last night? Not surprising to see the Cowboys lose on the big stage again. But how surprised are you that they got hammered, bullied and totally outclassed in every manner?
0: Yeah, I didn't expect that. I I thought the 49ers would win just because they're a better team. And I think you come out of that game saying two things. 49ers are on a tier by themselves right now. They are clearly the best team in the NFL. I don't think anybody can touch them right now. Like, have I changed? Long season, all that kind of stuff. 49ers are the best team, no question. But then the Cowboys, I thought, okay, maybe they are a Super Bowl contender. No, nah, they, they could have played that game 100 times last night, and they would lose it to 49ers every time. Like, they, they were just not on the same level in any way, offense, defense, special teams, coaching, whatever you want. They were just not there. And it comes back to this weird place the Cowboys are in where I think Cowboys are good. I think Cowboys are going to win 11, 12 games. They're also not going to win the NFC East they're probably not going to go very far in the playoffs and they're definitely not winning a Super Bowl. Like There's very few teams you could say that about where I'm like, I'm pretty confident in the Cowboys winning 12 games and zero confidence that they make a Super Bowl. What do you do with that if you're the Cowboys? If if you kind of just know you're good, you can't blow it all up, right? You can't just fire everybody and trade Dak and all that. But this team, I don't think this group can win a Super Bowl, and I showed it last night. They they were just just dominated. I, I couldn't believe that part of it. But you look back and you say, yeah, I – I guess the Cowboys kind of are who we thought they were in that way, that they're just not on the same level as these truly elite teams in the NFL.
2: I think That's extremely well said. They're not truly elite, but you're right. What do you do with a team that's going to win double-digit games but not get where you want to go? You can't really blow it up. You can't start firing guys, but you're not going to end up where you want to go. Frank Schwab is joining us. I totally agree with what you just said. So let me ask you this then. I'm skipping topics. After being destroyed by the Cowboys last week, the Patriots follow that up by getting destroyed by the Saints, 34-0. That's back-to-back embarrassing beatdowns. If it continues, is it fair, Frank, to ask the question: Would Bob Kraft actually consider breaking Belichick off before he breaks Don Shula's all-time record?
0: I know, and it's got to be a tough spot for for Robert Kraft to be in. I mean. They had a 20-year run uh, that's the best in NFL history. Like, there's nobody's going to do that again when, you know, you win that many six championships and you basically win the AFC East every single year. But now they're bad. They're a bad, bad football team. I mean, in an eight-day stretch, Bill Belichick took, took the worst loss of his NFL career and the second worst loss of his NFL career yesterday against the Saints. Absolutely uncompetitive. I still think Belichick can coach. The problem is Belichick, the GM, is giving him garbage talent to work with. I, right? when you look at that roster, their best player is Matthew Judon, who good player. I, I don't have a problem, with Matthew Judon, but he's not a Nick Bosa, T.J. Watt type. Like he's good, he's fine. And then your second best player, who's the Patriots' second best player? I, I, I don't even have an answer to that, Jim. I have no like, whatever answer I give you is not a dude who should be the second best player on an NFL <laughs> team. I'll tell you that they have. No blue chip talent there. Nothing at quarterback. They, they just—I mean—Mac looked good as a rookie, and it's just fell falling apart for him since then. So what do you do? You don't want to just dump an icon and a legend. I mean, it's it's hard. Tom Landry had it happen to him back in the day, and all that. I don't know what Bob Kraft does. He has to be so indebted to Belichick, and know he's still a good coach because I do believe Belichick's a good coach, but you're not going to force a GM upon Bill Belichick right now. And does Bill want to be around for this too? He's in his 70s now. That's a four- or five-year rebuild for them. I don't know where they go. I don't know what they do. But it's clearly really, really bad with New England right now. It's not going to get better this year either. So it's going to be an interesting offseason, let's put it that way, because I assume that when the relationship ends, it's going to be some, hey, we came together and I'm going to retire and all this kind of stuff. So you kind of avoid the embarrassment of being pushed out the door. But I don't, I don't know what you do if you're Bob Kraft because you go, You owe that guy so much. He he built your franchise, and now you're looking at what do we do because we're one of the three, four worst teams in football.
2: No, I think you're right about all that. They are certainly that, and they're going to have to figure out a way that this ends. They have to negotiate the way this ends because you don't yeah. push that guy out, but it's going to end. It's going to end badly. It's just a question of how badly. And then, Frank, you talk about Super Bowl-winning coaches who look anything but like that. I understand your point that Belichick can still coach. But how bad does uh, Sean Payton look after talking all of that crap about Nathaniel Hackett this summer, only to have Hackett get the last laugh yesterday with the Jets as Denver falls to 1-4? and Where does that leave Sean Payton?
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm based here in Colorado, and people are fed up. Yeah, you know that, team. You know that, base. Yeah, they're just—it's like— why do I, I, have, I have a bunch of friends today texting me? I see on Facebook, whatever. Why am I going to games anymore? We stink. We're irrelevant. I, I, and I've lived here 20 years, and I've never seen people tune out the Denver Broncos. I mean, you got the Nuggets' season starting in a couple of weeks. The Avalanche start this week. They have good teams to root for. Colorado's here with Coach Prime. They're just not going to put up with this anymore. And it's going to be a point where people tune out the Denver Broncos. And I never thought I'd say that word, but. And a lot of this is Sean Payton. Look, when Sean Payton's winning, he's awesome. You know, he's cocky. He has that swagger. When you're one and four, it's not so cool. You're just annoying at that point. You're all bringing in all these former Saints who aren't helping you and not playing Marvin Mims. And, well, you said, hey, I used the old Jimmy Johnson line uh, last night. If you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. Well, Sean talked a lot of talk about how the Nathaniel Hackett Broncos were the worst coach team in NFL history. Well, Hackett was two and three at this point last year. Payton's one and four. So what does that make Sean Payton at this point? Like it's, it's just their defense is awful. They're not competitive. They're going to probably start trading guys here. Usually you could turn things around in the NFL in a couple of years, but with the Russ contract, with Payton flailing around right now, it might take a while for the Broncos to become relevant again. And their fans are fed up because this is a straight season with no playoffs. I don't think they're going to make a playoffs this year. It's, it's bad in Denver right now. It is bad. People are just fed up with the Denver Broncos.
2: Never thought that I would see a time and day where in Denver they wouldn't care about the Broncos would be that upset. Frank Schwab is joining us. So, Frank, what about the Bills? Like, Who are the real Bills? Are they the ones that lost the season opener and then again yesterday to Jacksonville and London, or are they that crew that once again look close to elite in between those losses? Which is the real Bills?
0: I, I think they're elite. Look, the the whole Jacksonville-London thing is a is tough to navigate. The Jets, Jag- the Jaguars are actually really smart with that, being like, sure, we'll take out two London games. They have a better home field advantage in London than they do in Jacksonville, <laughs> because it's a weird travel. We all know that early start. I think that was just a kind of a weird game for the Bills, but it doesn't matter. Nothing for them is good enough this year, but go at least going to a Super Bowl, right? Bills, Bills Mafia ain't putting up with another playoff loss. This, this team has a window, and that window is going to be closing soon. So you start to look, maybe they are an elite team, but you're 3-2. and two. You're, You want to get that number one seed in the AFC and have the playoffs come through Buffalo when it's 10 degrees and snowing and the fan base is going crazy. You can't be losing games to the Jets. You can't be losing games to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You need to handle your business. They lose Matt Milano yesterday. That's a big, big loss for them, all pro linebacker. So to answer your question, man, I, I think the Bills are really, really good and one of the best teams in football, but you, you start – blowing these games giving away games and all of a sudden you're going to Arrowhead Stadium in January instead of having them come there that's going to come back and bite you and again it's Super Bowl or bust for the Bills. The Bills mafia ain't putting up with another, hey, we had a good regular season and lost in the playoffs. They want the ring, and you're getting further away from that with every game you, you blow this way.
2: Yeah, no, they're not putting up with that, nor should they. So, Frank, before you go, the Giants were one of the great stories in the NFL last year. The Giants got the hell beat out of them by Miami. They dropped a 1-4. They should be 0-5. Do they look to you like a team that has given up?
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When you brought the Giants, I was going to be like, I'm going to have to tell them that it looks like a team that's quit, and I'm glad you brought it up first because you see that. You know, we watch football. You see teams in December where you're like, yeah, they're just looking for their tee times. Man, it's week five, and they look that way. Yeah. They 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 did not want to tackle. They did not want to cover. They did not want to block. They didn't, they didn't want to do any basic function on a football field yesterday. They give up. They got a 102-yard pick six and still lost by 15 points. Like, that's almost impossible. They're a bad, bad football team. I didn't see the coming. Like you look, and I knew they were out over their skis last year, right? Like they probably weren't a nine-win team that's a playoff team. But hey, good for them. Good, good season. You you made the playoffs. I thought they'd at least be decent this year. Uh, take a step back, but be okay. They're they're awful. They played twenty quarters of football, and eighteen of them have been wretched. Like I don't know what's happened there. I, you know the Daniel Jones contract looks bad now, but there's not much he can do. And nobody's blocking for him. Nobody's catching the ball. Their defense is just miserable. Everything is bad with the Giants now, and you have to start wondering about Brian Dayball. You really do. Like everybody loved him last year, Coach of the Year. Well, you know what? Everybody loved Matt Nagy when he won Coach of the Year too, and that fell apart for him fast. Everybody in New York loved Ben McAdoo after he went 11 and five his first season. That fell apart fast. This falling apart fast for Ben Ma- or for uh, Brian Dayball right now, and the challenge for him is. He knows that there's guys out there not giving great effort. They're not competitive. How do you keep that together the rest of the year when you know you're one and four and your season ain't going anywhere? I think that's a big measuring stick for Brian Dayball right now is to keep that team from just absolutely positively quitting.
2: See, I agree with you. I think – and once you lose them, I think it's nearly impossible to get them back. And as we know, when it goes, it goes quickly in the NFL. Frank Schwab is an NFL and sports betting writer for Yahoo Sports. He is co-host of the Sunday Night Blitz podcast – and yes, a proud alumna of the University of Wisconsin. Frank, great job. Really good to have you on. Thank you so much. really enjoyed that.
0: Absolutely appreciate it. Anytime.
2: U.S. Cellular knows how important your kid's relationship with technology is and they've made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start Smarter With U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash us to find out more. Restrictions do apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. Alright, so let me talk some more about the NFL. I want to make sure that I get to as many things as I can. I could easily do three hours on last night's game alone, but I won't. I want to talk about the J-E-T-S.
3: Jets, Jets,
2: Jets. I want to talk about Nate Can't Hackett's sweet, sweet revenge. Nate Can't Hackett might have just have had one of the all-time sweetest revenge game dubs in the history of the Shield. And honestly, who didn't see that coming? Who didn't see it coming when Sean Payton steered way out of his way to run down Can't Hackett this offseason and call his performance in Denver, quote, one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, end of quote. I mean, it's one of the ultimate violations of the coach's code. And there's no way that an old school dude like Sean Payton would do another member of the fraternity like that unless he showed up in Denver and had no idea what he signed up for or how bad it really was when he arrived. So he was looking to cover his ass. I just I can't imagine why a guy like Sean Payton would ever do that. He's old school. He knows that code among coaches. The coaches have a code. They've got a fraternity. So that was really alarming to me to see him do that. And all I could think is, man, he must have showed up there, saw what he had left for him and thought, damn. This is so much worse than I thought. And it's going to stick to me. So I'm going to get out in front of it and cover my own ass. I see the guy working. As disastrous as the Broncos were last year under Can't Hackett, they might actually be worse this year under the Super Bowl winner Peyton. Record-wise, they absolutely are. And on the field, they proved it again yesterday. And damn, did the Jets' sideline enjoy everything. Every second of it. It's almost like they won a Super Bowl. Or they won the Can't Hack It Bowl, that's for sure. You know Bob Sala's got his receipts. Taking receipts. You know they were out there to take up for their dude, Nathaniel. And did Nathaniel ever bask in that one? That's dude, That dude's chest was so puffed out at the end of that game. It's like he was Bill Parcells, Don Shula, and Vince Lombardi all rolled into one. And you know he loved Peyton having to deal with all the smoke once it was over.
0: A lot of focus on this game, your USA Today comments regarding Hackett. How do you look at that as a chapter in your coaching career where some yeah. people might say Hackett got revenge today?
4: Yeah, listen, they played better than us. And I credit, you know, Robert and that staff. They won the game. Um, and I think that's, that's how I look at it. Coach, do you regret, though, those comments, making those comments? I I already already
2: addressed that, though, and it's a fair question, but I think we already addressed that the, the next day. Listen, I have no problem with Sean Payton. In fact, I really, really like Sean Payton. I do. Sean's been a listener to this program from the very beginning, actually. So he of all people should know how brutally he's coming off these days. You can't just, what's the question? What's the question? What's the question? I just finished telling you. Next question. I just finished telling you. Every time your team humiliates itself, my man, you know this. And the team is humiliating itself way too often. Next question. And would it have really, given what you said about this guy, given how you buried this guy, Would it have really killed you to say that dude's name? To give Hackett some direct bleeping credit for real. Credit for real. Yes, quote, Robert and that staff did a great job. But you couldn't even name Hackett. You couldn't even do that. You couldn't even own that part of it. Because it would have gone a long way. Because you had no problem name-checking this guy and saying he did one of the worst jobs ever upon your arrival. You had no trouble getting his name out that day. You can't do a dude like that. And you really can't do a dude like that and then not acknowledge him by name after he gets over on you early the next season. Honestly, I don't know how it could possibly be going worse in Denver right now than it did last year. But it is. You even had the sideline bickering between Russet and Peyton at the end of the game. The only thing left is for Russet trying to go over Peyton's head and try to get him fired like he did to Pete Carroll in Seattle. Short of that, this is already basically as messy and ugly and horrific as it could possibly be. And we're only five weeks in. Frank Schwab said it best. He said, I've been in the Denver area for 20 years. I've never seen people care less and be more frustrated with the Broncos than they are right now. How is that possible? Russ Wilson's your quarterback. Sean Payton is your coach. You had an allegedly great defense, and you have a fan base in love with that team. And they're like, why do I even go? Why do I even bother? Fair question. It's not worth my time. I never thought that I would see that kind of vibe. In Denver ever. Even after last year, and it's worse this year than it was last year. It could not be going any worse for the Payton Broncos. Even worse than it went for the Hackett Broncos. I guess the only upside of that is they didn't have to go all the way to London to watch their team man down. They got to do it right at home. So it wasn't like they had to get on a plane and And jump overseas. Not like the mafia. Not like Bill's fan who hauled their asses across an ocean just to be let down by that man down. But hey, at least we exported our best to the London audience yesterday morning, right? At least they got our very best exports. The ref show. Our best ref show. Hope the Brits enjoyed that because I sure as hell didn't. Anybody who woke up for that game knows exactly what I'm talking about. It felt like there were more flags than actual plays in that game. It felt like we were trying to show the world that the most important thing about American football is the refs. That's why we tune in. Not to see the players, but to see the refs. It's all about them. It's all about the ref show. Put the ref show on the big screen and put the football game in that little box in the right-hand corner. Little picture imperfect for football. And let the refs get all the run. Man, that ref show is hideous. But the Bills were not much better. Again, it's still pretty hard to figure out exactly what team that is. One week, they're curb stomping the Dolphins. The next week, they're flat as hell in London. So again, who are these guys? The team that lost to the Jets... And the Jags unimpressively, or the guys who were impressive as hell in ripping off three straight in between those two losses. It's got to be frustrating as hell for the Mafia not to know what they're going to get week to week. One week, they look like they're the ones to beat. The next, they look like they could be beat by just about any other team in the league. I'm not saying the Jags are that, but they have lost to the Jags and the Jets. What about Cincinnati? What about the Bengals? I want to believe they're legit because they finally showed some life yesterday. And more importantly, they showed up for our dude, Jack Savage. How about Jack Savage making the trip to be there in person to bring the Karma with him to celebrate his team, to support his team? You're welcome, Natty. The Bengals must have looked up in the stands and said, Jesus Christ, it's Jack Savage. It's Jack Savage. Because they didn't finally show up. Staring down the barrel of one and four. They're probably trying to convince themselves, it's good, it's good, we're good, we're good. Oh my gosh. Jesus Christ, it's Jack Savage. He's here. It's Jack He's Savage. in the building. Well now I know we're good. And then what do you know? The offense suddenly looked like the Bengals' offense. Somebody finally got Jamar Chase the damn ball. I didn't say anything about that last week because frankly Jamar was right. He's earned the right to spout off like that because this dude can absolutely back it up. I knew that and I knew where he was coming from, so I just let it be when he dropped this on reporters last week. I'm open. I'm always f-ing open. Excuse my profanity. I'm sorry. I love that. Apology not accepted. No apology necessary. I'm open. I'm always effing open. I'm always f-ing open. Aren't you 7-Eleven? That, that is the best. That is the best. I'm open. I'm always effing open. I'm always f***ing open. I love that. I love it because as strong as those words are, he's not wrong. I'm not sure anybody has ever backed up strong words like he did yesterday. I'm not sure any receiver saying, get me the damn football, or worse, or better, I'm always effing open, has ever rewarded a team for getting him the bleeping football quite like that. He makes that statement, then goes out, 15 receptions, 192 yards, three tutties. You know what that's called? That's called, I'm always bleeping open. I'm always f***ing open. That's called backing up your talk. I love it. And I love Joey Burr looking like Joey Burr once again. I'm not saying they're back. I'm not saying that they've saved their season. I'm not saying everything's all right. I'm saying two and three is a hell of a lot better than one and four because at one and four, their season is over. I'm saying at two and three, they're still alive. Now, are they back? Are they what they were? No, I'm not going to go that far. But they're still alive, they're still in it. They still have a puncher's chance. In fact, they always will because of two dudes. Jamar, I'm always effing open. I'm always chase. F- open. And the operative in the back row on the other side of the glass. Jesus Christ. It's Jack Savage. Jesus Christ,
3: it's Jack Savage.
2: Oh, and Joey Burr. Three guys. Three guys. Man, Savage. that have been on a terrible way to come back. Head between your legs. Out of a job. Blowing our 5 0 week. But no way the operative was going to go there and not deliver. Or have his peeps deliver. And they did. I guarantee it. Zach Taylor looked up at the stands, looked around, and was like, oh my God. Jesus Christ. It's Jack Savage. Let's go. Let's go! Number one. The Head and I picked five games on Friday. We agreed on all five picks. And what do you know? We got them all right. So if you rode with us, you got paid. And it felt pretty damn good, didn't it? Or if you hated on us, like some of you do, every single week... You got jammed, and you're probably hating harder than ever before right now. Either way, this gambling game is hard, dog, and I'm going to enjoy that sweet weekend for another minute or 60. How about you, Head? How you feeling? How good did that 5-0 and Sunday
1: feel to you, Head? Uh, I feel better than Clayton Kershaw does, Jim, that's for sure. No, but um, felt great. Life is good. I'm in full Maury mode here. From last night, when my fam was putting on the Cowboys, tell kickoff tonight. I'm celebrating this one five and zero. Exactly, that's the way we got to play it, because we know there's a one and four right around
2: the corner. So uh-huh. let's celebrate this one <laughs> until they kick it tonight. I just want to make one more point uh-huh. to the haters. Now I want you to help me with this, mm-hmm. because some of you hate even when we win mm-hmm. some of you hate if we go 4 and 1 which is the dumbest thing ever some of you hate if we go 3 and 2 i've got news for you if you do hate that you're going to hate regardless winning weekends is a great weekend no matter what 3 and 2 is good 4 and 1 is great 5 and 0 is damn near miraculous mm-hmm. head i understand that hater is going to hate That's why they're haters. Mm -hmm. But help me explain that 3-2 and is a good thing. Any winning weekend is not a reason to hate for those who actually have an open mind. Help me argue or help me make this point to them so they understand.
1: So first off, we still had haters at 5-0. and No joke. My mentions had dudes telling me how um, those were easy games and we took mostly favorites. So is it really that good? Shut the
2: hell up with that. Gee, yeah, I'm you know kidding. how it's real because the money <laughs> cashes because the money's in our account. Are you kidding me? The no. five and zero doesn't matter because we took
1: favorites, easy games, favorites. It's not that impressive. Blah blah blah. But your point well, on three and two, get the hell yeah, out
2: of here with that. It's, it
1: never fails. It never fails. And if we lose tonight, they're going to be right back on the same thing coming at us. Which I, I, I do. Dude, find dude I'm sorry to interrupt one more time. And uh-huh. I'm just going to say it. If if that's your take. When we go five and zero, oh,
2: you're gonna hate no matter what, man. You either hate us just because you hate us, it's or impossible. you hate your life, or both. That is the lamest take ever. You <laughs> just impossible. took favorites. It trust. I don't care who's favorite and who's not. Picking ATS is really,
1: really hard. It's it's almost impossible. Billy right. Walters said on the NFL on your podcast, you cannot win in this game. So, the three and two is a reason to celebrate. That's a 60% cover. That is making a lot of money if you go three and two. The uh, 52.4 is the number to make a profit. So, if you go 60%, yes, you're winning the game and you're really, really good at this.
2: I'm taking three and two. If you were to say to me right now, "Hey, Rome, I'll give you three and two every single week for the rest of the season," would you take that all damn day? Hell, yes, you all would. The only reason you get in trouble is if you day. go
1: exotics, you go parlays, you go something outside of that. If you stay disciplined, sixty you're, percent, you're you're making bank. <laughs> Haters
2: saying saying anything negative about us going five and zero oh really is dumb. I mean, you're just telling on yourself. It you're telling boring, on yourself. Yeah. All right, that out of the way, head. Let's do it. Let's do it. Packers, V Raiders. This one is a little tricky. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, I see some things about both these teams that I actually like. And truthfully, I see some things about both these teams that I actually really don't like. So, what is the line,
1: and how are you approaching this one? I'm going to take the two points and go with the Packers here on the road. Uh, Green Bay's weaknesses are not the Raiders' strengths. The Packers cannot run the football, but the Raiders can't stop the run. And the Packers can't stop the run themselves. But the good news is the Raiders can't run the football, if you follow me. Neither team is I good on I don't, dude. You ground. lost me like 30 seconds ago. But they're, go ahead. They're not good on the ground. They're just horrible. There you go. Okay. Yeah. No joke, the Raiders, too, have broken two tackles on rushes this season. Two only the Vikings are worse. They've broken zero. How's that pack. possible? Do they have Josh Jacobs? I know. Well, his line can't block, and they're in the backfield all the time. I guess. Fair enough. Also, add the fact the Raiders' pass blocking isn't much better. They've struggled as well. They put Jimmy G in protocol and Khalil Mack about murder that Rod Farba look-alike. Um, they threw in there last week at quarterback. Now they have the Packers' pass rush to deal with, which I like that a lot. I think Jordan Love Indeed, is personal than appearances are well. not show fodder, no matter what that guy looks like. Rod, yeah, Rod Farva, dude. He Just looks like you yeah, know, I heard you the first I don't time. I
3: want a large Farva. This I want a goddamn leader of cola. I don't know what that is. Liter is French. Forgive me oh. some oh. cola before I break moose. Oh.
0: Oh. All right, all right, relax.
2: Yeah.
1: Khalil Mack took his soda and his leader cola all week last week. He was six in- times. I know. I felt bad for him. Um, the other quarterback, Jordan Love. He will be better tonight. Dude had a 7.9 QBR against the Lions. But coming into the weekend, only the ass Broncos had a worse pressure rate than the Raiders do. And the Raiders have one takeaway on the season and an NFL-worst nine giveaways before week five. Hmm. So that helps as well. Is, ATS, that, is, that, is that a good ratio, one to nine? One to nine. That's not very good. That's kind of like Jimmy G's interception to touchdown ratio right now. Okay, well, not that bad. That's even worse. Yeah. So, yeah, but dude, he's handsome. He is handsome. Really handsome. handsome. Yes, he is better than Rod Farba uh, ATS Green Bay is seven and two in their last nine the games and back. three and one as an underdog this season smarten up betters go with the Packers plus two here All right so you've got Packers plus two honestly to me while
2: Jordan Love has been up and down I think he's done some things really well. And he does have some really capable weapons. But it's hard to do things well and utilize your weapons when you're getting the crap beat out of you. And that Packer offensive line is banged the hell up right now. That does concern me greatly, as does seeing Aiden Hutchinson and what he did to love last week. I can only imagine what Max Crosby is going to do to him tonight. On top of that head, you've got a desperate Raiders team. You have a desperate Raider fan who was last seen up in Mark Davis' grill F-bombing him and telling him to fire Josh McDaniels. I think we all know a wounded animal is a dangerous animal. The Raiders can ill afford another loss in their house in prime time. Plus, the Packers did get gashed on the ground last week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my dude Josh Jacobs is probably going to get his. Can you see where I'm going with this? You can probably tell where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. That's right. Er, Packers plus two. Beautiful. You see that little deke I did? You see little that little misdirection I ran? Good. I don't really trust either one of them, but I trust the Raiders even less. So if I can get the Packers and I can get a couple of points, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I'm going to assume that Aaron Jones is going to be better than he's been because he's been banged up even behind that beleaguered offensive line. Take the points. There you go. I'm going like to take it. the points. What else? You got anything else? Got any props? Anything at all? I you do want to take a, a victory out. lap?
1: I do have a prop bet here that you guys should probably fade me because I've not been very good on my prop bets, but I'm going to go Jimmy G, interception prop, minus 130, over .5. He's only played three games, but he's tied for the most interceptions in the NFL with six, which last year he'd only thrown four interceptions to 16 touchdowns in San Francisco. But for now, until he stops throwing the football to the other team, I'm going to bet that. So Jimmy G, over .5 interceptions. Minus 130? Minus 130. I like that. I like that, bet. Yep.
2: I like yep. that. I can almost guarantee he's going to throw it to the wrong team once. That's just one right. time. That's all it takes. All right. So, Head, listen, you're going to go Packers plus two. Enjoy our great weekend right up until kickoff. And as far as the haters go, who cares, man? They're going to hate. If it, Honestly, what you just said is really eye-opening to me. If they're going to hate on 5-0, one no. thing, if you're ignorant enough not to understand 3-2 and two and hate on that, that's fine. Not really, but that's fine. But you're going to hate on 5-0 and, and find fault with that. It's not a good enough 5-0? Nope.
1: Really? The money deposits, Joe. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. The money deposits, the money spends, the money clears. That's All right, it. hey, great job. Really good job on 5-0. Appreciate it. All right, Jim, thanks. See you, dude. Have a great day. Let's make some money! Dino, you know, that's the first time in a long time the haters have aggravated me. Like, I get haters. That They got nothing better to do. That's what they're put on earth to do, hate. Because if you're not hating, then you would have to actually work. And I know you don't want to do that. Work is hard. This working game is hard, dog. Easier just to hate on everything. But if you're going to sit here and say your 5-0 doesn't actually count because you took mostly favorites, it's handicapped. The favorites don't matter. It's balanced. It's weighted. There is a point spread. That's the whole point of the spread, morons. We're not picking straight up without spreads and picking winners and losers. That is the dumbest argument. Oh, you don't get credit for that. They're the favorites. You pick mostly favorites. It's against the spread. That's the whole point. And the game being what the game is now with so much money involved. It's never been more challenging than it is to pick against the spread. In other words, if you really are poking holes in a 5-0 and o week, either you're here to hate or you're just jealous. The Bay Area, Frisco Mario. What's up, FM? How you doing, dude?
3: Hey, Purple Turtleneck Can Man. What's going on, my man? I'm
2: feeling good. How about you? From-
3: And doing good, doing good. From Sacramento to San Francisco. From Burlingame to San Mateo. From Palo Alto to Santa Clara. Frisco Mario's had your back, pimp. Well, I'm going to have to roll with that gloss you gave me last week, even though it was given in a negative light. But, you know, get it how you live. pimp. So, talking about last night's game, I think I've seen this movie before. Once again, the 49ers beat the crap out of the Cowboys. And this time, it was on prime time for the entire country to see. And like I said last week in the jungle, Jim, Mike McFaddy is Kyle Shanahan's bitch. Hell, the entire Dallas Cowboys organization is the San Francisco 49ers' bitch. And what happened to that stellar, vaunted Dallas Cowboys defense? Well, I guess when you play the likes of the Cardinals, Patriots, Jets, and Giants, those defensive stats get inflated a little bit. And when you play a good team like the 49ers, you get exposed and embarrassed. And that's exactly what happened last night, Cowboy fan. You got embarrassed. And staying in the NFC least, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. It looks like the Niners and the Eagles are in a collision course for the NFC championship game again. And that game at the beginning of December in Philadelphia will most likely be for the number one seed in the NFC. And guess what, Philly fan? The Niners are coming. And this time, the quarterback's going to stay healthy the entire game. And the Eagles are going to get their asses handed to them. That's
2: not a good call. No. Good you news, bad like news. Frisco said, Mario.
0: Not a very good
2: call. Good news is, even though you rolled with it and you were a good sport, not that you had a choice. Yeah, but you did have a choice on how to react to it. I did hit you with that gloss, Frisco Mario. And as you point at, pointed out, it was not a positive gloss. Good news is, I'm ripping that gloss from you. You are no longer Frisco Mario. You are never shuts up, Mario. The R.I.B. Rick in Buffalo. My brother, what's going on? So great to be back in, Jim. I'm
4: pretty important in these parts, and I've been a little busy. If only I had a gig where all you did was sit behind a computer and run your mouth for three hours a day. But hey, good work if you can get it. Now, you know me, Jim. I'm not one to complain a whole lot. But how in holy hell does the NFL send the Bills to London to play against a team that's already been there a week and then have the audacity to call it a Bills home game? Same reason the league does anything. To give the Chiefs every advantage humanly possible. But don't get me wrong here, Jim. I'm not blaming the league for yesterday's loss, like it always does. That falls squarely on the shoulders of Sean McDermott, who didn't fly the team out till Friday morning. Hey McDumbass, there's this little thing they call jet lag. Give me a call sometime and I'll have my second great son tell you all about it, you friggin' moron. And it's nice to see Miami Dolphin fan finally come out of hiding. Congrats, you barely beat the Giants and took over first place for a week. Now go ahead and shower yourself in champagne, you a A-holes! but I do understand the jubilation, Jim. The last time the Dolphins won a playoff game was December 30th, 2000, which also happens to be the last time Raider Mike got laid and the last time Caleb in Green Bay weighed under three bills. He was in fourth grade, in case anyone out there was wondering. And lastly, Jim, since this is my first call since the smack-off, I want to say way to go for getting back to your Wisco roots. And rewarding not the best call, but rather the best gimmick. If all it took to get the crown was making the call from the Green Bay Bar, dressed as Caleb's mom, you should have said so in the ground rules. And way to sell out Mark in Boston, always and forever a gimmicky little bitch. Hope that was worth it, bud. And no, I never called you a watered-down brat in Corona, I said you were a watered down Dan in Denver without the lisp. So, hey, at least you got that going for you, loser. War Matt Milano getting back to full strength for next season. Godspeed, my brother. War the people's champ Rick in Buffalo. Like that dude needs a title to know how great he is. Thanks for the vine, Jim. Who loves you, baby?
2: Man, he's pissed.
4: Ignite, no!